Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another phenomenal episode of the One Ounce Pour. I know that you were just cycling through Spotify and found us, and that is why you decided to listen to us. JK, I know that all of our listeners are devoted listeners. (laughs) Today is a very exciting show because we have Frank in the studio. That's right. Somebody is actually in the studio. Thanks for having me here. I'm really excited. Um, Very excited to have Frank. Can't wait. Now... There's going to be a lot of different facets we have to talk about with Frank because he is probably the most interesting man I've ever met. The most interesting man in the, the world. That's what I was thinking right there, man. I'm thinking. <laughs> but before know. we get into that, welcome to the one ounce pour. Let's all raise our ounce. Chin, chin. Yes, siree. Now, Yummy. before the show even started, Tom came over to my house and he brought me Tom's wings. Damn right, man. I feel like that needs to be your segment. Happy birthday, anyway, too, man. Uh, thank you. So, Tom, yes. should we wait, go into wait. Tom Eats? When's the birthday? It was last week. Did I already tell you happy birthday? You probably did. Okay. Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Man. But, Thomas. Yes. Tom Eats. Tom Eats. I feel like you just need to talk about your wings. Dude. They were amazing. They were mustard. Yeah, they were Carolina mustard. Really, it was a pretty simple recipe. But you did something different this time. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I put a little bit more cayenne pepper to give more of a delayed kick, mm. and it was worked out pretty well. So, Frank, in case you didn't know, one of Tom's big hobbies is wings, and we talk about it way too much on this show, but this time it's warranted because he actually brought me wings today, and I ate way too many of them. I saw the used up wings upstairs. Yeah, Sorry, oh, I was you know thinking, what? Whoa, there's a couple not used up yeah, wings I'm, upstairs. I may have to try one before I leave. Yeah, absolutely. Give it a try. Well, so hey, yeah, there I'm we down. go. I'm totally down. Anything else you want to share about these wings, though? Uh, you know what? I actually baked them, and okay. then I did a quick deep fry on them for like five minutes. So I cooked them through to keep the moisture in there, and then I gave them the quick fry to give them the crispy outside. So. Moist wings on the inside. Moist. Crisp. Moist. <laughs> he said moist. Moist wings. Yeah, I'm going to have to try one. They, yeah. the, even just the bones sitting up there looked good. Oh, like, you could have sucked like on those I bones. Just, <laughs> you could have just oh, picked yeah. them up and started sucking <laughs> on the bones. I would have been like, oh, that's, that's, pretty, uh, that's pretty standard practice for Frank right here. Yeah, why not? I'm a fat kid, you know, and I love to eat. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing wrong with that at all. No siree. But yeah, in regards to the Tom Eats staying on the wing segment, yeah. wing coop. Wing coop. Wing coop. What, up on Wasatch. Okay. Yep. What what made you decide to use wing coop besides the wing talking right now? But Honestly, I mean, because the only other wing place that I would ever talk about is in Grand Junction, Colorado. And I don't know how many Grand Junction listeners we have. Not but, a lot. But wing coop, they don't have a great mustard sauce, but pretty much everything else they knock out of the park. All right. The loco lime is pretty tasty. And the jalapeno orange is pretty tasty too. Frank, have you ever fucked around with wing coop? I've eaten at Wing Coop. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the one that's like 40th South and Wasatch Boulevard, yep. right? That oh, is correct. Wait Malibus. a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. I've also eaten there. I'm pretty sure that they do uh, a really good vegan wing. Do they? As well. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm not I'm not a vegan. 
Yeah. Nor am I a vegetarian, but I do like trying uh, different vegetarian and vegan places and eating different vegetarian and vegan foods. Okay. And that was recommended to me by, I think, my sister who said, you should go there. Have you ever been to the Ice House? No. Uh, I picked people up there when I was driving Uber, but I've never actually been inside and had what I think they have. It's a, it's like a corn dog, but a bratwurst. Right? Yeah, I think Ooh, so. That yeah. sounds good. It I love in, uh, food. Yeah. It's in Murray. Yes. Yeah. And uh, they kind of have... Kind of the sketchy part, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> they have We've probably... played there. My band's played there a few times. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, just... Sh- 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 uh, uh, Frank's in a band. Sh- oh, uh, no. Don't get into it yet. No. <laughs> What's... But we uh, we w- went there for the vegan wings, and I had them, and I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. They were really good. They are really, really good. So, at Ice House? At Ice House. Huh, really? So next I've... time you're at Ice House, order the vegan... I think they're called like the tiger-style wings... Somebody okay. who's into Wu Tang would know that. <laughs> Wu Tang. Yeah. Oh, you ne- you said nothing about my Crocs, by the way. Frank came in and was like, "Oh, look at your new Crocs!" And you <laughs> looked right at him, and we're like, mm, "Just another pair of Drew's Crocs." He's got them in say, sport dude, mode. How many times did you come in Crocs to when we worked together? It's like those are like, "Oh, there's Drew's daily attire." <laughs> and what are, his Crocs. what are the things called again? Giblets. Giblets. I have full Wu Tang giblets, and I matched my Crocs. They're they're a beautiful uh, uh, yellow and gray. Like marble, they are good looking. Yeah, and Crocs, it, Crocs yeah. are comfortable. I don't care what anybody I, says; they may not be the most fashionable thing, but they are comfortable. And you know what? They're cool now. Yeah, they, because when I was a kid and I was wearing them, my grandma would get them at like a gardening store in Colorado. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we just—I I thought they were the most comfortable thing. I got made fun of all through high school, all through college, all through works that I've worked at, all, everywhere. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they're cool, I and like I work from home, and nobody sees my cool Crocs. <laughs> That's why I need to start posting them on the one ounce pour every day. Drew's Ooh, Crocs. Yeah, Bam. Drew's Crocs. We got hashtag, hashtag Tom's Drew. Wings. We got hashtag Drew's Crocs. That's yep. how we'll go. do it. Yeah. Exactly. It's uh, it's really gross if you hashtag look at my closet. For the ladies. I have most, multiple hashtags you, for the ladies. So do you have the the fur lined? I do. Do you? For winter, okay. yes. Yeah. You Those ones I, I have not tried. But. Here's the thing is they're... <laughs> They're too. They're too warm. Are they? Yeah. If I put them on and start walking around, even in like snow, I'm just like sweating. My yeah. feet are sweating. Do they have so. the holes in them too? No, no. Holes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, they actually make ones now that go. Uh, they have like an UGG top. Yeah. That go yep. all the way up to your shin. Really? That's pretty intense. Yeah. So. There's, there's, Cro- <laughs> Croc fashion with Drew. I think that's a new segment, man. Hey, Croc <laughs> fashion with Drew. If you guys need any uh, pointers on the best time to buy Crocs or where to buy them, eBay, by the way, to buy Crocs, great place. Yeah, really? Absolutely. And where do, where do you get your giblets? Uh, eBay as well. Yeah. eBay. You got to right. go to eBay, and uh, you know, if for any motors parts, you got to go to hashtag eBay Motors. <laughs> so when we first started this drew you didn't even have like any social media now you're hashtagging the living shit out of everything Dude, and boom I'm, this figure, out. I'm figuring it out you guys thought this guy was down for the count but i'm back yeah, i'm back know. into social now media we, now we just need to get you on tiktok doing silly dances with Ooh, each other yeah boom yeah. there you go i yeah. like it i don't think so that'll never happen oh i think it will no you, in fact when we work together you're like i'm never getting on social media ever i don't care and now you're like Hashtag and everything, story in it, reading it. But I'm it. not doing it. The one ounce pour is. The one doing ounce it. pour is. That's right. There we go. You're but hiding. you know what? I saw you uh, taking the picture for the wings, and like, let's just. I, I, the, the natural I spent talent. way too much time taking pictures of 
chicken wings today <laughs> to not say I'm not a social media whore anymore. <laughs> that is kind of that was kind of funny watching you like, okay, how do I do this? But oh, go God, on, boom. Hey, but now we can shamelessly plug. Go on to the one number one OZ Poor podcast mm-hmm. on Instagram and like our story. And yes, our like real? Our, uh, it's a story. So okay. we we don't have the real. Quite frankly, I'll be honest, I don't know how to do a real straight from Instagram because I, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I just don't. Anyway, too much yeah, backstory. Too much backstory. Yeah, we're, we're, we're burning up daylight here. <laughs> burning daylight. <laughs> Here's the deal. We got an amazing guest on today. Awesome. And uh, Thanks. The, the shitty part is, is that I sit at my desk once a week and that's all I get of Frank. And I, I roll over to his desk, and he's like, stop it, I'm working. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're watching YouTube. And then we talk for an hour and a half, and then we have to actually go to work. But uh, now I got him unabashed for, I mean, however long we want. And, you're, uh, you're too kind. But, uh, yeah, our conversations are good. They're always different. Always. There's, there's, you're an interesting individual in your own right. That's a cute way of saying um, it. Most people just say I'm weird as fuck, but... <laughs> Well, you know, I, I wouldn't say that Aww. because weird is good. Weird you is know? good. Um, so to me, that you know, if I called you weird as fuck, you'd be like, "Whoa, that's yeah. a compliment right there." But no, you're you're a you're a good guy. I'm glad that you had me on this show, and um, you and I have some pretty good conversations. It's Usually, the the uh, they're either conversations where we have to like peek up around the cubicle yep. and be like, "Who's listening?" Yeah. Or they're work related yeah, enough <laughs> or they're mopar related or something like that so exactly yeah. and uh just jumping right in frank do you have a hobby that you want to talk about besides oh, being a rock star <laughs> a real life rock star you guys have probably maybe seen his band around town because it sounds like they're everywhere we we were for for uh, uh until the lockdown hit yeah we kind of are on a hiatus right now but yeah we well, shamelessly plug your band, please. We, we what hit is it the pretty name? hard. The name is As Is, A-Z-I-Z. You can find it on nice. Facebook, uh, Instagram. All of our music's on Spotify, iTunes, whatever. But uh, yeah, we hit it pretty hard there for a couple years, and we're lucky enough to travel around the western United States all the way to uh, Kansas City. Oh, wow. Um, played at the Whiskey A Go-Go three times. So, nice. nice. You know, getting the, get that was a bucket list for me. Getting to the whiskey was really tough. We had to be invited by another band. And after we played, I would get emails once a month. Hey, you guys want to come down and do this show? And so we got to pick a couple shows that we that we wanted to do. So it was kind of a bucket lister. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, and since the pandemic hit, you know, in in the past, talking about uh, my my weird hobby that I do now, um, I, I'd always collected these uh, in before but once the pandemic hit i really got into it and it's hot wheels you know hot wheels lead the way (laughs) nice i'm not sure where it really came from probably i i know it it starts for my love of cars yeah you know um i i i love cars just like you yeah i think to work in our field you have to love cars i mean Um, all frank and i do is stare at cars all day long all day that's our job all day so with Is there Hot Wheels, a job for my Instagram feed, then Drew. No, God, no. Okay. Is Tom in the cars? Are you a car guy? I, I like cars. I okay. know they. I know they go vroom vroom. But <laughs> he has a uh, Toyota Sienna outside. If that says anything. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's been my my weird hobby over the last couple of years, and it's one of those ones where you know I'm I'm a I'm a grown ass adult, right? And so people are like, you know, I'll go to Walmart and I have like a stack of 
Hot Wheels cars. And people are like, oh, that's cute. You're getting those for your kid. And I, I don't have the heart to go, no, they're for me. I'm just always like, yep, that's, <laughs> that's why I'm getting them. But uh, yeah, they're, you know, I, I think it's now kind of grown into something different. I think I gave you a, a, one of the cars that I'm. A beautiful Dodge s- Daytona. Started to awesome. collect. Yeah. There's, once you get into the world of it, um, there are. There's there's other brands out there that make. I was always a fan of Johnny Lightning. So Johnny Lightning, Auto World, um, and I think Champions or something like Racing Champions. Those are all three the same company. Oh really? And oh, they nice. they dig into getting you know more detail. Hot Wheels is Hot Wheels. Yeah. You know I mean nothing yeah. really looks like a a real car very often in Hot Wheels. They have their own little thing, and I think that's what I like about it. But lately... A little been, outlandish. Yeah. They I got mean, the Scooby-Doo van, though, man. They hey, got the Scooby-Doo van. They're, they're way cool. But, you know, they, they say they're 164 scale. If you blew them up, if you took a Hot Wheels car and blew it up into regular scale, it would look goofy. You know, you'd probably have a six-foot tire they in the back. do that. <laughs> yeah, I know there's people there's that do. So, well, I mean, Hot Wheels does that. They commission... <laughs> I yep. think it's every year they commission a new car. And my favorite was they had a Corvette Stingray with two engines up yep, front. And the twin mill. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, man, that's a cool looking car. And then they were like, we're going to build it. And I was yeah. like, no, you're not, <laughs> you dummies. <laughs> and then they built it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, hey, good for you guys. Those are their classic yeah. vehicles that they started in the 60s. You know, the twin mill and all those just bizarre space. kind. And, and I don't really collect those. I like things that look like normal cars, but right. in the beginning, you collect everything. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh shit, I got to get this, I got to get this, I got to get the whole collection. So, you know, uh, somewhere in a bin at my house, I have cars that look like donuts or hot oh, dogs. Oh, man. And, Henry, you know, my nice. son, is obsessed with this Hot Wheels that looks like a donut. Yeah. Nice. I think it's yeah. pink. It looks like the Homer Simpson donut <laughs> yeah. almost. And, and I've, I've moved away from that. But yeah, in the beginning, you just grab everything. So it's like, it's only 94 cents at Walmart. I've the pandemic go, wow. started it for you, but I mean, like, was there, do you have some childhood memory of like, Hot Wheels that not really, really. blossom. You just, I just started well, looking I at always, Hot Wheels and we're like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to start grabbing these. I always would grab stuff that I thought was cool. Like, yeah. you know, if you go to the grocery store, there's always a little display of Hot Wheels. And yeah. if they had a Lambo or a Mercedes or an Audi or some sort of a hot rod, Ford Maverick, whatever, I would grab it because I thought it was cool and they'd sit in my office or whatever, or I'd take them to work and pin them on the wall. Um, and I just, I think during the pandemic, I don't know, I just, I got bored and I started buying them on eBay and. Um, That's how it happens, man. It, it does. And then, mm-hmm. you know, when, when I could get to the store, it was like, you know, you get a handful of cars and your arms are just loaded down and it, you get, you check it out and it's like 25 bucks. So it's, it's an easy hobby to really get into because it's yeah. cheap and you can get a ton for little a money. A ton. Yeah. I mean, like, are they, they're still Within a dollar range, right? Yeah, yeah I think, uh, well, Walmart went up to like a dollar six. Because I remember when I was a kid, they were like 80 cents. Yep. That yeah, was nice. their thing, like under a dollar. With yeah, 94 tax, cents was be... Walmart up yeah. until about six months ago. Okay. but Because um, you're buying their stock out. Well, every, there's a lot of people <laughs> that do. I don't think that, I, I think it's rare that kids get Hot Wheels these days. I think it's oh, mostly no. adults. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, if if you walk right on the other side of this wall, you'll see just a plethora of crazy Hot Wheels. Um, that's something my son is obsessed with. So, and it's funny that you are mentioning Hot Wheels because when I was a kid, loved Hot Wheels. Yeah, 
Like that was my thing. I I used to. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you a story. So hang tight for a yeah, minute. Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> tell us the story, Drew. So in high school, so when I was a kid, I used to go to Safeway or Smith Smiths mm-hmm. out here, and uh, I would see all the Hot Wheels, and I'd be like, God, I want that Hot Wheels. In the back of my brain, I would be like, Why don't you just take it, bud? <laughs> <laughs> And that's yeah, I mean, why they're a dollar six now, Drew. <laughs> that is why they're a dollar six. It, I, anyway, I would just take these Hot Wheels. Um, I would I'd rip them out of their package and I would shove them down my pants okay. into my little Batman underoos. And I would walk out of the store with like three or four Hot Wheels down by my wiener. That was it. Yeah. And I would walk out to the car and I'd, I'd sit there all nonchalant with my mom. We'd drive home. I'd get home. Yeah. Just start pulling Hot Wheels out of my undies. Like, yeah, buddy. So anyway, then we're in high school. I'm in high school. And uh, we have a, it's a reading class, but we're discussing ethics in the reading class. And my instructor or my teacher told the whole class, like, give us a scenario that you believe is not morally wrong, but is wrong by law. And I was like, sticking Hot Wheels down your pants. (laughs) (laughs) And my teacher's like, what? Oddly specific <laughs> like, I there, Drew. I don't think there's a law against sticking Hot Wheels down your pants. I'm like, no, 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 no. I would steal these Hot Wheels yeah. and leave the store. I, <laughs> By the way, I, I know that ho- stealing Hot Wheels is wrong. I know that it is uh, illegal. Right. At the time, I knew it was illegal being a little kid. And I think I knew it was also morally bad. That was pr- probably part of the whole kink when I was a kid stealing Hot Wheels. Yeah. But. Then I'm in the class with my instructor and he's asking everybody about this. And there's a part of me that's like, I think I'm going to fuck with my instructor right now <laughs> and just pretend like I'm a sociopath or something. It's <laughs> like, Drew, you understand that it's morally wrong to steal, right? And I was like, no, no, not really. <laughs> it got so bad that uh, he ended up calling my parents, my mom specifically into his office and talking to him about <laughs> my moral bankruptcy <laughs> Stealing these Hot Wheels. <laughs> was this at the Catholic high school, Drew? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I just wanted yeah. to make sure. So, yeah. No, I love Hot Wheels as well. So much so that I would, that steal, would them steal them and stick them down my underoos. <laughs> so now yeah. I do got a question. Which is weird, by the way, when you're an adult and you're telling your wife to do that. Right. Like, just just take the Hot Wheels yeah, just and stick them down my pants. You can just take them out of the package. <laughs> put them in the fit. That's, that's a whole different kick there, Drew. <laughs> I know most toy collectors, you have to keep them in the original packaging and do all this other shit to keep them at top value. Is that some Hot Wheels people are worried about? Or is it more like, hey, this looks cool if I display it this way with lighting and everything else? Or is it... Yeah, that's a whole other side of the collecting. Um, so usually, I will buy two of each thing. Oh, okay. One to keep in the package and one if I want to display it. In my office, I do have a massive display. I think I've sent you pictures yeah. of my display. And that one, that has, I don't think it has a single real Hot Wheel in it. They're more the high-end ones. Oh, but okay. Displaying them, yeah, there's there's a lot of people that do. I don't play with them or anything like that. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I think one day we, I, I, uh, my boss was asking me about... Hot Wheels. And, I just uh, picture broom, 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 broom. Break it to work. He was asking me about Hot Wheels, and I, I stopped at like uh, Dollar Tree, and I got some Hot Wheels tracks, and we set them up in the office because oh. for a long time there was like me and my boss in the entire wing of our office, so nobody was there. So we oh, wow. set up this Hot Wheels track, <laughs> and it was a, it was an epic failure. I don't, I'm not good at uh, Hot Wheels tracks. <laughs> Because, you know, once there was a turn in the track, they would all just fly off the track. And so we decided to set up a jump and 
they would go outside of the track. And so I don't really play with them, but I do, when you take them out of the package, they look totally different than when they're in the package because you can feel them. You can oh, see the detail a little bit yeah. more. So I usually uh, will buy one and take one out of the package. Not always, but if it's a cool car, like I recently just got a Lambo Mura that's pretty cool. So. I had to take it out of the package. Absolutely, nice. but nice. yes, you're the the collectors, the hardcore guys. They will scream at you if you take a car out of the package, and you, you know, the card has to be perfect, just like a baseball card. Oh yeah, like the backer plate. Yeah, the yeah. whole card just has can't have any dings or folds in it or anything. But if if you get to the store early enough to where they just put them out or they're about to put them out, those are like factory fresh and. Primo. Now, yeah. do you get them graded like you do baseball cards, or I, I'm sure people do. I don't. I'm not. Okay. I'm not that serious. I have them set up in my basement in a room similar to this. Just kind of nobody can see it, and and I kind of like that. Because, <laughs> nobody can judge your hobby exactly because yeah. there's some people that are like, I think you have a problem. <laughs> You're buying kids' toys, <laughs> just like uh, so, Carrie on X96. I'm on a list somewhere. I subscribe to Toy Monthly and Playboy. He goes, that's sending up red flags somewhere. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. But yeah, it's a fun hobby, and it's 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 inexpensive. I mean, it can get out of control. I don't go on and find the old Redline stuff from the 60s and buy that. I, I don't really care, because I think some of those cars are goofy. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, has your hobby collecting Hot Wheels ever gotten you in trouble? No, not really. Um, I mean, as long as I have space for it, then then things are good. Okay. You know, I have my own office and my own space where I keep them. If if they went out of that space, I'm sure I'd get in all sorts of trouble at home. Why do you have Hot Wheels hanging? <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's funny because, you know, one of our questions is basically, you know, how does somebody get into this hobby? But it sounds like you just go out and buy Hot Wheels. If, if okay. you like stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I like stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's something tangible that you can, you know, not spend a lot of money on, and you can just kind of go look at them. You know, in my in that room in my house, I I, I have a pegboard built, nice. and so they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're ten deep across all these pegs, just like at a store. See, now I feel like a nerd because you're giving me this look like <laughs> you do what? <laughs> no, but it's funny because I think in a world where everything's starting to become digitized, yeah, it there's something to having a physical representation of something yeah like yeah. uh it, everybody always asks me so i have a lot of vinyl i have a really nice record player and some good speakers and stuff and people are like man you're an audiophile i'm like i'm not <laughs> i just like the tangibleness of a record yeah like I, I if you put a really good remastered cd on and then you put a record on I'm sorry, but the, the remastered CD is going to be way better. You're preaching yeah. to the choir. Oh, Even yeah. if you put on like something on Spotify and make sure you have everything like dialed in, yeah. it's going to sound better. Yeah. But yeah. it's that tangibleness of the record. It's it's pulling it out and listening to an entire album. I was actually asking one of my buddies the other day, when was the last time you listened to an album from start to finish? How the artist wanted you to listen to it, right? Start to finish all the way through. And he's like, oh, pfft. I don't know. They're usually just on a mix. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Like that, that's that the, yeah. the physicalness of, you know, putting it on. Just like yeah. I have way too many DVDs that I never watch. <laughs> but yeah. it's fun to have that physical representation it is. of it. And, yeah. you, you know, with music, it's, I, I mean, you, you hit it on the head. You know, the, the artist intended for you to listen to it mm-hmm. a specific way. 
and and to go along with that, they they create all this great artwork, right? Yeah. That if you're just streaming it on Spotify, you see one little thumbnail, right? And that's it. But if you look at the entire album, you know, you open it up and man, lyrics are there and all these cool pictures and sometimes artwork. It's, it's a special yeah. event. It, it is an event. There's it, like, I mean, there's feels going on. Mm-hmm. There's smells going on, yep. visuals. I mean, there, it's, a, it's a whole thing. Yeah. It's and I feel things. like that's super lost these days. It is. You know? Yeah. That's but that's also th- why vinyl is, is higher than it's ever been. Yeah. Is because I think people are missing that. Just yep. like, you know, with Hot Wheels. Like, you can watch YouTube videos of guys shooting hot wheels through their track which yeah. by the way exist yeah and my son and i have watched way too many of them <laughs> <laughs> it's like a kid's video and it's this old man's hand just like here we go yeah zoom yep. <laughs> but what were you gonna say tom you but were no i was gonna say that's the kind of the thing i miss about vhs too because yeah. they have a certain smell like if you ever <laughs> that is it's true if you pull them out though like that it's a very distinct smell just like it is with records yeah you pull them out you hit that like you have that you yeah, know, it's like, like that like inside, like inside Out. That core memory pops yeah. back, and you're like, "Oh man, I yeah. remember that." I don't know, you know if any of you guys are like book readers. Oh yes. I'm an yeah, avid book reader. I have a Kindle. I have a Nook. I really don't like them. It's um, nice to it's thumb through pages because yeah. I like opening a book, especially when it's brand new. Give it a little sniff. It's yeah. Like, ah. You know, I love it. You know, and I, I know this is gross, but an old book. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I I know that what I'm smelling is like. A lot of people using that book, <laughs> but it's it's kind of like you know you yeah. bust out the old book yeah. and open it up and you get that kind of old book that smell. Musty, and just, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Just like but, libraries too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yep. Sometimes it's the librarian. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird, Drew. It's but like, yeah, so I still good. I still buy books. I still read books. Yeah, it's convenient to have a thousand books on your iPad or whatever, or in your Kindle or your Nook. But I love reading a book. I, it's it's know. that physical representation of what's going on, you know, in your house and everything. Tom's bouncing and he has left Frank Bye, with two knucks not yeah, being he had. Did, he didn't. I, I. It was up and he just he just. Oh, oh here it comes. It's so here it comes. awkward. Oh, here it is. There, there it is. we go. There we go. <laughs> Thanks for the wings, Tom. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I it, books. I mean, that's that's one of the things I love about my office at home is I've got thousands of books behind me thousands yeah well, i'd probably say there's 1500 in there well that's a, that's impressive i never threw them away okay I mean, it's just you know i st- <laughs> when you talk about cds i still have the first two cds i ever bought oh me too it's uh, uh guns and roses appetite for destruction and a band called kicks and the album's called blow my fuse i still have them they're still in my cd collection that is awesome so i actually have so I think we talked earlier, I, I used to manage a radio station, but I had this briefcase that had all of my CDs yeah. in it, but it was like a locking... Oh, looked, so it was like a hard-sided, oh, yeah. real look, briefcase. I looked like I was walking into the radio station with <laughs> nuclear codes. <laughs> or a bomb. Just, just like a huge, <laughs> it was massive, and it would lock, and you could shut all your... I'll show it to you afterwards, but it was. Uh, I had a classic rock radio show. And all my CDs were in there. And then eventually we went to a digitized version and I had to download all those CDs onto stuff kids will never have to worry about these days. So how long, when, what, when did you work at the radio station? Oh, this is my freshman year of college all the way through my third senior year of college. All right. The reason I'm asking, I had friends that were DJs and there's still a couple of them that are DJs, but I used to love to go to the studio 
because they would get promos of from all these bands. Yes, and it's they, so much and fun. The CD always had like a bandsaw cut yeah. in the corner of it, so you knew it was a promo CD, or there was like a I don't know a punch hole in it or something. But I would get so many CDs, stuff that I never would have listened to. But yeah. I'm like, shit, I need I need to have this. I probably will never listen to it, but I've got it. <laughs> yep, ours had a uh, big streaks cut through the graphic. Yeah. And, you know, there was some really good stuff in there uh, that eventually we found and would listen to. And we actually had a person on our staff that would sit down and listen to all of the CDs and then upload them really? to our digital cache. And their whole job was, if if you think that this is a good band, we should try and get them to the school. There you go. And it was awesome. I mean, yeah. we, would, we listened to hours of it. And you, it was a task because we sure. get a bunch a month. And sometimes it would stack up. So sometimes we'd have listening parties. Everybody go down <laughs> to the station, pop one of those CDs in, and think. Some of them may have been painful to listen to, but there's oh, some you'd gems be in there. I'm sure. How many? And it's funny because you're kind of like, man, is this going to get better? And then you go to the next song, and you're like, it's not it's getting not better. Get better. And then you go to the next song, and we had a strict <laughs> policy at our college that uh, you could not have any alcohol within the campus premise. Okay. And. We always had a lot of koozies down there. Sure. Because <laughs> we had to make Flasks. sure. Yeah, yeah, a lot of flasks. Because <laughs> there were, you couldn't listen to, you know, six full albums sober in no, a night, that would, let alone 20. <laughs> and it is, uh, it that would be tough because, you know, if it's a band that you know, like your favorite band puts out a new album, that's one thing to sit down and For listen sure. to. For sure. Absolutely. But if it's somebody you've never heard of, you don't even really recognize what the genre of music is, but you got to sit through it. That's a lot of work. And I mean, <laughs> one thing I discovered was new bands didn't like telling a lot of stories. And right. I don't mean new as in like it's a closer to nowadays. I mean like a fresh band. Right. They, they maybe don't have it in them to... This is what my music's trying to tell you in this album. Right. Versus somebody that's maybe not a great musician, but at least their album is telling you a story sure. and you're you're able to follow and it keeps a song you interested. Song. Yeah. 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 That's that's the tough part. Yeah, um, it's funny because you listen to new artists and you start listening to their albums as they progress and you start kind of hearing that a little bit more and more and more and more. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm I'm a for some of my bands, I'm a sucker for their first album because it always is the just first a little more is, chaotic. Well, and, it's usually the best one because you, you have to remember these guys were, you know, touring club scene for two years before they got a deal. And those songs were what they played night in and night out. And so they're perfected. And then they get forced to create a second album where they don't get that year of touring underneath their belt right. with those songs to perfect them. So it's usually not very good. I think that's, you You just hit on something that I've always thought about with, with bands is their first album is generally really good, but the ones who stay good are the ones who can write good music on a whim and put it out and people like it. But. So how many albums does As Is have? Uh, officially two. Ooh, okay. So, but one's an one's an LP or an EP. Um, okay. And you know we we wrote a lot of songs. We didn't record a lot of them. So my band we we started in the '90s. We took a huge break and got back into it right at the end of 2016. And so really we only had like this three and a half year. That's amazing push. though. Um, That's and a it good. Was, it was weird. We got. I mean, it. Uh, we were supposed to come back and do one. 
uh, reunion type show. So we did that. And before that night was done, we'd already had a, we already had another gig set up at another club because a promoter saw us and said, Hey, we want you to come and play. And it just kind of, you know, it got to where honestly it was a lot of work. I mean, when you're, when you're playing out of, out of state and you have a full-time job, your gigs are Friday, Saturday, you drive home Sunday, or you do Friday, Saturday, play a gig Sunday and drive home, get up, seven o'clock in the morning go to work on monday so that was you know that was really hard because you're you're not just yeah you've got a gig set up but then you have to figure out how you're going to get everybody to the gig what cars are you taking how much gas money do we need where are we going to stay and it it gets it gets kind of it gets kind of brutal it's funny i mean two shows ago we had uh my friend katie on okay and she was the bassist of a band that was touring And she hit on this point a little bit where she talked about the amount of time she spends with her normal job and the amount of time she spends with her band. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Luckily, the drummer in my band is my brother-in-law. The bass player is uh, his partner is my nephew. So the drummer's son is Adam's partner in the band. So basically it was a little family affair. And uh, the original guitar player was Chris. He was the best man at my wedding. I've known him for 30 years. So it's like family. And, and you know, she's absolutely right because you do, you have to, you have to like each other. Right. Because if you don't, Oh, it's a man. lot of time spending it's, with. <laughs> it's brutal. It's a second um, family. It really is. And, yeah. and if 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 there's any sort of rift going on, oh man, it's especially when you're in California or you know Wyoming, Idaho, one of those places when you know that you're six hours from home, right? And you have to ride in the car with those guys. It <laughs> makes it tough, but we we made everything work. And so when when the pandemic hit, I didn't. I wasn't heartbroken. I was ready to take a break. Really? So, and and it's been nice. I mean, uh, will it, will we play again? Maybe. I mean, Jamie, my my brother in law, he's he's in a band called Broken Glass, and they're they just played in Wyoming yesterday. So they're they're picking up some steam. So nice. it makes me happy because he's the one who was always pushing me. Like we got to do this. We got to do this. So he's got his band going, which makes me happy because I don't have to worry about getting that phone call. Like, hey, let's let's get stuff together. Let's get rolling again. So. And you were you were vocals, right? Yep, lead singer. Now, on top of being vocals, did you also write the music? Or yeah, most we we played. I would say ninety eight percent original material, and we would throw in some covers. It just depends. We had a few under our belt, but we weren't really big cover guys. Right. Um, we wanted to make it work with our own stuff, and um, once you build up a following, and especially in Salt Lake, and people will, you know, a few hundred people will go to your shows. Friday and then they'll go to another bar Saturday. They know your music. That's cool. And that's the best part. Yeah. You know, you're standing up there singing and people are singing along with oh, you. Oh, I bet that is just like It's it's a lot of fun. But yeah. the so the covers we would do, we would do weird ones. We were pretty much a rock band, straight up rock band. Our big cover was The Doors Roadhouse Blues. Oh, that's cool. Um cuz we could get crowd involvement with that. Uh one of the other ones we would do a lot would be The Chain by Fleetwood Mac and yeah. done in a rock way. Nice. So you know, we didn't do your standard, you know, rock stuff that you hear every day on the radio. Now, the door song, uh, is that the one where he says wheel? It's like my favorite song. Wheel? You Keep your eyes my on hands the road. on the wheel. Wheel. Yep. Yep. <laughs> now, do, when you sing it, do you say wheel? Uh, I don't. I kind of did it my own way, but I did. He, Jim Morrison had some weird. I was a huge Doors fan. Oh, man. And I still am, but. For sure. Uh, there's. 
that's a guy that you can listen to their first album and go to their last album, L.A. Woman, and he sounds like a completely different person. It was it was a group that in high school I thought it is so cool to like the door. It's so yeah. different. It's so yeah. weird, you know. Yeah. And I think I fell for it a little bit, where I was like, he is the true American poet. <laughs> and I had a, I had the Doors poster. Yeah. I had like I was so obsessed with a lot of people Jim get Morrison. A, get obsessed with Jim. And Morrison. then I think I kind of like stepped back and was like, I don't know if he's the American poet. And people are like, how could you say that? Yeah, he is yeah. the American poet. And then I was like, well, because he has lyrics like, my uh, brain is squirming like a, a toad. toad. Yeah, it, yeah. There's some weird <laughs> Out stuff there. On there. The road, and, and it's, it's. Oh, but don't get me wrong. I like the weird stuff. That's the stuff that got me into the doors. Yeah, where I was like, you know, eyes for music, nipples. Like hell yeah, yeah, dude. Like let's get after it. Some of their music came across as like circus music, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think Ron Merzmack did a lot of that. Yeah, right. Because yeah, he, he or Ray, Ray. Yeah, because he played the he played his bass uh, keyboard with his left hand and the regular keyboard with his right hand, and yeah, it was very keyboard driven. But some of it is just even a hardcore Doors fan like myself. There's certain songs that I just can't listen to because I'm like, this is dumb. I mean, it's, some of it is just dumb. He's out there on the and road. And I'm going to piss off a lot of people saying that. But, you Brain know. squirming like a toad. <laughs> but that's a great song, Riders on the <laughs> it Storm. It is a great song, but that it, line. It hits every all time, these levels, but if you get into listening listen to it, to that song, yeah. That, that lyric ruins the whole song for me because I'm just like, fuck, man. Like, yep. you couldn't figure out anything else. I just pictured Jim Morrison on like some beautiful flowery hill, high as fuck on mescaline, writing down lyrics, and he's like, He's out there on the road. Uh, he's out there on the road. He's out there on the road. He's out there on the road. Toad. Like a Chode. dog without a bone. An Chode. actor out on loan. Loan. Uh, you know what? Toad, <laughs> fuck it. <Yeah. laughs> like, no, I, I, it, I'm i with you. You know, I I, I would say I'm a pure it's, Doors fan. But it's brilliant shit. I love the some Doors. Some of it is really. I love the Doors. And I know you hate the Beatles. Okay? I, I am not a Beatles fan. I love the Beatles. And everything Fair that they enough. do, like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> everything that they do is not exactly perfect stuff I want to listen to all the time. Right. I listen to the do- or I listen to the Beatles, and I'm like, this is great. And then I'll listen to a song like Octopus's Garden. Yeah. And I'll be like, yep. <laughs> Ringo wrote this one. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I think for for me, I appreciate the Beatles. I appreciate what they. Have. Oh, in case the listeners haven't noticed, we have now switched hobbies to music. Oh yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> we can switch back though. No, no, no. There's there's a this lot. This is there. great. Lot lot of stuff to unpack. This whole show is tangents. So good. yeah, I love it. You're good. But yeah, I, I appreciate what the Beatles did for the the for rock music. Just like I appreciate what Elvis did for rock music. And, right. Uh, you know, I'm not a I'm not an Elvis fan. I mean, it's I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> really not. But I know what he did to to bring that genre forward and same with the Beatles. Um, I just, to me, they're the most overrated band ever and that's offensive to a lot. I've gotten into arguments with people. I don't think that's offensive. I think that's a, that's a decent place to be for them. I just, I don't think that, uh, you know, you brought up Ringo and I I think it was uh, Paul McCartney that said something about uh, Ringo Starr and he said, Ringo's not even the best drummer in the Beatles, you know, (laughs) because, there's always just been this long-standing joke about Ringo Starr not being a great drummer. Well, I mean, I, I, there's like, and here's what I love about classic rock, is there's so much stuff that you can just say about classic rock 
And is it true? Right. Because the internet didn't exist. Nobody could look right. it up. Right. It was crazy. Like there's a there's a whole story that I read where Grace Slick was a model. Yeah. And then Janis Joplin heard Grace Slick in some room singing and was like, you need to get into music. And the whole reason Grace Slick got into music is because Janis Joplin pushed her into music. Hmm. I've never heard that before. And I was like, that's a great story. I threw it on my show and, you know, back when I had the classic rock show and talked about it and everything like that. And then my, like, I had like three listeners, right? Yeah. And one of the three listeners called me out and was like, dude, the dates don't match up. Yeah, I was, and gonna, I was like, you know was, what? Fuck you. That's what I was doing when you first went through that. I was like, maybe he's right. But I was thinking that Grace Slick and the dates don't really line up. But I mean, you know, but that's the thing about classic yeah. rock is there's yeah. the story of, you know, uh, Ringo was only the uh, touring drummer. Yeah. And in the studio, Paul McCartney did all the drums. Right? How true that. is that? Yeah, who knows? Right? Well, we know, you know, skip forward 40 years and talk about the Foo Fighters and Dave Dave Grohl. Uh, oh, I love Dave Grohl. Going back in after the, after their first drummer laid down all the tracks and he re-recorded them because he was just like, this is not, this is not great. Dave and, Grohl. So, like, I think I was freshman year high school when that, that Foo Fighters album yeah. came out, right? And I loved it. I yeah, listened to the whole great. thing. It was amazing. I never really kept up with the Foo Fighters, never really liked them that much after that. But the stuff he did with like Queens of the Stone Age, uh, the stuff that he did for the spinoff band of Queens, it was Josh Home and Dave Grohl and John Paul Jones and I forget who the other person was. Uh, but that, them Crooked Vultures yep. was phenomenal. Like, yeah. Everything Dave Grohl touches... Is really, it's really, gold. really good. It, it, Eagles of Death Metal, he helps out yeah. on Eagles of Death Metal for the, uh, I forgot what song it is, but look it up. He's, yeah, he's, he's a great He's musician. got a chance in everything. And, it, and it, one thing I like about Dave Grohl is I, and I wish a lot of musicians were that way, is he's just, he's super appreciative of everything. You know, if you're a if you're an opera singer, you know yeah. he's not gonna be like, eh, I'm too good for that. He'll go sit and listen, and maybe even try to figure out a way to join in and do some collaboration with you. But he's always been like that. And, and he helped out with uh, he helps out with everything. He helped out with Tenacious D for yep. a while. And, yep. No, he's, 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 he's just great. he's a he's a good human being. I feel like if I could sit down with any musician and just hang out with them, it'd be Dave. It would be Dave Grohl because. Yeah. Though I don't like all of his music, I feel like we'd start chatting about stuff and it would get into other musicians yeah, and stuff. Yeah. I feel like he'd be a fun guy. I, Have you ever seen Dave Grohl's YouTube video called Fresh Pots? No. Oh, man. We got to look watch that up. It. Everybody right. needs to look this up. It's just Dave Grohl screaming Fresh Pots over and over and over again about a cup of coffee. It's amazing. Is that where the spinoff of the commercial came from, where he's downstairs and it like cuts to... Uh, other celebrities that are upstairs in this house, and he's like, the lasagna's ready! The lasagna's ready! So where'd your love for music come from? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, there's a real story behind it. You know, when I was a kid growing up, my mom always had, like, a a little radio in our kitchen. Okay. It was always playing. And when, when, you know, when we'd wake up in the morning and have breakfast, there was music playing. On Sundays, which was our chore day my mom would put records on and we would not watch TV. We'd all get our shit done and listen to music, you know, anywhere from, you know, disco era to fifties rock and roll to whatever the current thing was going. So I, I always, uh, you know, when, 
when I would uh, I would always dedicate the Fleetwood Mac song when we would do it to my mom. My mom would go to all of our shows. That's awesome. Um, just because she introduced me to Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. At some point, she introduced me. So um, that's one of the reasons we did that cover. But yeah, uh, my love for music came from her. I mean, I, I remember being, man, eight years old and having Queen records and Pink Floyd records in my bedroom and listening to those. That's what I would do. So. If a song comes on, does it ever spur a very specific memory? Absolutely. And if so, you got to share that memory. Absolutely. Um, actually, today, the, uh, what is it, UB40 Red Red Wine um, came on, if you know the song. Yeah. And I remember the first time I heard it, I was with one of my friends named Aaron. We were having a sleepover at his house, and he always just listened to the police and uh, like Rush and bands like that. And that song came on, and I specifically went there today when I heard that song. I was like, God, I remember being in his bedroom. I remember exactly what was on the wall. I remember he had two beds. I would sleep in one, and he would sleep in the other when we would have sleepovers. And I remember that song, and I remember where I was and what it looked like. That's awesome. So yeah, I have the couple memories. One is the the entire album. It's Super Tramp coming to America. Breakfast in America. Breakfast in America. That entire album reminds me of my mom. Yeah, for sure. But Billie Holiday reminds me of pancakes. <laughs> okay. Like I don't know what it is. <laughs> I like my mom would listen to, or actually, uh, there's two. Billie Holiday for sure, but Patsy Cline definitely yeah. gives me pancake vibes. Anytime I hear Patsy Cline, like if that crazy song comes on, I'm just like, oh, blueberry pancakes. pancakes. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Because my mom used to make pancakes and listen to Patsy well, Cline, and I was just that's like, that's the beauty of music. It's it it's, is, and it's, it's it's something you can constantly share with other people and just kind of build new memories. If you're sad, there's music for it. If there you're happy, is. there's music for it. If you're pissed off, there's music for it. I mean, we do all sorts of things with music, whether people are big music fans or not. They do it. You know, there's a reason why when you're at a hockey game and there's a fight that starts on the ice, they either play like Survivor, Eye of the Tiger or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it just it creates these emotions. And, you know, um, it's a great music is a great thing. I, you know, we all have different tastes in music. Even if you're a hardcore like Depeche Mode fan, there's something else out there that you really like. Yeah. You know, if I love like Metallica or whatever, it doesn't mean that that's all I listen to. Right. So same with you. I yeah. mean, you have a pretty broad musical scope. I will say, uh, I think for sure my parents' musical taste. Like my dad was, you know, Outlaws, Thirty Eight Special. Yeah. You know, that more Southern rock. And then my mom was more, you know, Zeppelin, the Beatles, yeah. and, you know, Supertramp and stuff. So that gave me kind of a wide berth of, here's some music to listen to. And it's great. And that's the yeah. one thing I'm, I'm proud of with my kids is all three of my kids are big music fans. And the, they all listen to different music. Like, my son is a, a DJ, and he really loves heavy metal, but he also loves a lot of electronic music. You know, my... My youngest daughter, she's a big Harry Styles fan, and yep. but she also will be the first one in the house to get the new Five Finger Death Punch album, you know. <laughs> so, um, and my middle daughter, uh, you know, I think they went to the Lamar concert a couple days ago. Lamar Kendrick, uh, Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick Lamar, yeah. whatever. Yeah, see, there's my age showing. No, you're good, man. But uh, you know, I mean, they, they music is big for all of my kids, and I'm I'm proud of that because 
you know, music was always something that we did at my house. So it's a cool thing to pass on because you can show them like this is this is my origin story. Yeah. This is what I listen to. You know, you don't have to listen to all of this. Yep. You do but, your own thing. You know, show me some music yep. too. I mean, like uh, my daughter Layla's obsessed. She's obsessed with everything, and yeah. my wife gives her a good dose of her music, and it's kind of cool to see her glob onto that yeah. too. But like, she'll find songs and bring them to me, and be like, "I love this yeah. song." And she's only five. Yep. And I'm like, "Oh my god, she's gonna love it." Like, this and is this is cool. She may shift what she listens to in ten years. You'll be like, "I hate that shit," but. <laughs> She's still listening to it. Right. You know, she's still, music is still a big part, and I think that's important. Yeah. So, and I, I want to hate Billie Eilish just because she's pop and all this yeah. kind of stuff, but I'm not going to lie. There's some songs where I'm like, I am the bad guy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's true. I mean, there's, it, it, I have friends that are big, staunch Taylor Swift fans, and I make fun of them all day long, but there's some talent there. I mean, there's some, I wouldn't say that I, that I own anything that's uh, Taylor Swift or anything like that, but I can also say that there's some songs that I can sing along to and know every word. <laughs> <laughs> I do own the Frozen 2 soundtrack on vinyl, so... Okay, good. Yeah. Good. It was a gift from my uh, sister to Layla, and uh, when she opened it, I, I don't know what it was, but when she like tore open the packaging and saw it, and lit up over yeah. a piece of vinyl. Yeah. I was like, oh. It's just music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was a beautiful it's moment. It's a big thing. It was it's great. a big deal. So um, I was very excited about that moment specifically, but. I always find it strange, and I shouldn't, but I do, when I meet people that, you know, what kind of music do you like? Because that's usually one of the first questions yeah. I ask people. You know, what kind of music do you listen to? Um, well, I don't know. Eh, top 40s stuff. And that's it. It's like. That's it. They'll leave their uh, their streaming on some pop stuff all the time. And to me, it's like, that's weird. Why aren't you <laughs> digging into this a little bit more? But there are people out there who just don't. Okay, I mean, so do you, music, do you get but, bored with following down rabbit holes? Uh, be more specific. What, yeah, okay. what do you mean? I'll, I'll give an example. Like um, recently. So I've, I've been collecting, and by recently, by the way, I mean, I've been listening to all them witches, and I've been listening to them for years, Okay. but recently I've been trying to like dive in and really listen to them Okay. and like get honed into them and yeah. understand their albums a little bit better. And then one day I was just like, fuck, I'm bored. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've listened to all their albums over and over and over and over and over and over again to try and understand it. I don't have a better understanding. I'm too dumb to understand their, <laughs> I their don't think deeper meanings yeah. or whatever. But like, do you ever get into a rut where you're like, I just need, I need new music. A hundred percent. The problem with that is that I think we all, as music fans, we, we all tend to just kind of go back to what we really love. You know, the stuff that you listened to when you were a kid or something you got into five, six years ago, you always go back to it. And for me, I compare a lot of new music to stuff that I love. And I think, well, it's not as good as, rather than opening my mind a little bit and giving it more of a listen, 
um, to, to really get into it. I think I fall into that trap quite a bit. So yes, I do get bored and I, I want new stuff, but then sometimes when I find that new, new stuff, like somebody will be talking about some band or some, something I need to listen to. And I listen to it and I'm like, this fucking sucks, <laughs> you know? And it, yeah. it's, it's, <sighs> do you ever find yourself saying this fucking sucks? And then like two weeks later, you're looking them up and diving deeper. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. that happens quite a bit, and I, and that's one of the things about diving into a rabbit hole is it it takes you in directions that you weren't necessarily expecting. Yeah, like if you're just looking for new music and you find one band that you like, and you start going through stuff, and then it, it veers you off on another band, and you're like, holy shit! And so the next day you're at work saying, "Have you heard these guys? Have you listened to this? Have you you know?" And um, and maybe a week later you listen to it again and go, "Yeah, that's not as good as I thought it was," or I need to go a little bit deeper. So yeah, yeah I, I do get that way. And, um, you know, I think that's just part of the musical brain that, that. Cause I have. always, I always genre hop when I'm stuck. Yeah. If I'm stuck in rock, if I, if I feel like I've gotten to a point where I'm like, ugh, I guess I'll just throw on Queens of Stone Age radio. Yeah. Then that's, that's what I'm going to listen to for a while. And then I'll be like, ugh, I'm bored. Like, what do I do? Yeah. Then I'll genre hop. I'll go over to rap and I'll listen to, you know, Run the Jewels and I'll discover Mick Jenkins. Yeah. Then I'll go from Mick Jenkins to Jid and then I'll go, you know, it, it makes it a little easier to branch yeah. through yeah, there. Yeah, it's uh, one of my go-tos when I get bored is I I love 80s and 90s like gangster rap, you know, like Easy e is and, better and, at just resetting everything. Yeah. Yeah. Than just listening to old school rap. I love it. Old I school hip hop. I don't know. It's funny because uh, do you know the difference between rap and hip hop? You're going to tell me. No, I'm not. I was hoping I, you'd I, tell me. <laughs> well, I. Uh, it, so to, it's funny. To we, me, I think hip hop kind of goes with rap and then it breaks into that house music thing. And that's kind of well, where. There's so many different genres uh, and there's so many different subgroups to it. Yeah. We used to have, and this was the dumbest thing. I think anybody could have, this isn't at Southern Oregon university. We're hiring for a production manager, right? And one of our head, he kind of like helped out with the radio station, but he didn't really do anything. So this guy at the radio station said, if we're going to hire anybody to be a production manager, they need to know the difference between rap and hip hop. And I looked at him and I was like, yeah, definitely. Without knowing at all <laughs> what the difference between <laughs> rap and hip hop was, I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And we went through an interview process where we interviewed all these people. And one guy stood out where we were like, we got to hire him. And the, the same guy was like, I don't know. He didn't know the difference between rap and hip hop. <laughs> and I was like, how about if you tell us so that we know? <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, I thought you liked the Wu Tang. I'm like, I do. I'm like, shit. <laughs> and he's like, All right, let me break it down to you like this: the difference between rap and hip hop is rap is good and hip hop isn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, All right, fair, that's it. It's fair I enough, guess. but it depends on where the cutoff. is. I have no idea. In because if you I know listen people to are like, gonna listen and say, I know the difference. Yeah. Please well, tell if, us. if you go to like, uh, I don't know, late 80s, early 90s, uh, Naughty by Nature. Okay. They are rap, but also in that hip hop category.
category because of, you know, some of the hip hop array. Right. It goes from having like a chorus, like a song. Okay. To uh, just regular rap where we're just telling a story. So Tribe Called Quest. Hip hop or rap. Oh, man. See? See? No, exactly. That's my point is it's like, what is... Where where do we break this genre? Yeah, off? I, it's it's tough. I mean, there is definitely an answer. I assume there, that someone's going to somebody's tell us. got at least a reasonable answer out there. I don't think anyone has a reasonable answer. I, I think I think there's I think there's going to be one person that's going to say Dell the Funky Homo Sapien is he rap or hip hop? I would say he's rap. But then Deltron thirty thirty is that rap or hip hop? Did he I, specifically change? Is most deaf? Rapper hip hop. I would say most is probably hip hop. Okay, then when he becomes Black Star with uh see, there you go. Right. When he becomes Black Star, is he rapper hip hop? Maybe we need to get uh most on the show and see what uh his This is my favorite part about Most <laughs> Def. If you ever listen to him rap, he is clear as day. You can understand every single thing he is saying. Right? If you listen to mathematics Beautiful song. Everything's clear. You understand exactly what he's going for. Yeah. Then he talks, and you're like, what happened? What, yeah. What, what's co- I can't understand Okay, so let me saying. ask you this. So we take one of the top pop stars today, Post Malone. Okay. What is he? Because he does, during the lockdown, he did that whole Nirvana thing, which was phenomenal. I have not listened to that. It, he he put on a dress and he played. He's a good guitar player. He's a good rock guy. Okay, but then he can do some some rap ish stuff. But where would you classify that guy? I don't know. His newest R&B. album. What's it? Uh, something teeth like. I'd pop him in R&B for two. for a little bit. I mean, the stuff he does. Here's the thing. I don't like Post Malone, but I have so much respect yeah, for I'm him. I'm not a huge fan, and that's where I am, too. It's it's a respect thing. And people are always like just shit-talking the SoundCloud genre, right? Yeah. These all of a that's sudden a, That's a good up, way to put it, yeah. White kids with face tats rapping. And don't get me wrong, I'm not going to listen to it. I don't have a single one of his albums. Right. But... Damn, if they didn't come up from, like, just starting with, I'm going to pop stuff out on SoundCloud and hope it gets yeah, big. Yeah, And that's what they did. Yeah. The thing about Post, though, is that, you know, now that he lives in Utah. Oh, oh, oh wait, hold on. You call him Post? Like, you know him now, well, huh? Like, yeah, the thing uh, with my boy Post. <laughs> well, all, what I was going to say is that Utah is one of those places where it's like, everything sucks unless you're Donnie and Marie. Uh, or, or the killers, right? Yeah, Weren't or they the killers Utah or band-ish? neon trees. Yeah. Or what's the, what's the? Oh, my daughter loves this band, and I, I, I feel really bad for not. They sing the, uh, thunder song. Thunder. Yeah, feel that the one. Thunder. That one. What is that? Yeah, I, uh, I can't remember. But you, Nabbit. Imagine dragons. Imagine dragons. Aren't neon they trees. They're Aren't BYU they? guys. Ooh. So, but those guys are. They have a huge following in Utah because there's just some root for them that even though they're not Utah guys, like Post Malone moved here from L.A. or whatever, and everybody's like, he's great, he's great, he's the best guy ever. I see him at jazz games. He shows up at 2 a.m. at uh, Big Cottonwood 7-Eleven because he's ripped out of his mind. (laughs) He was so nice, he took a picture with me. 
That's the weird part about Utah music is yeah. that I think if Post Malone still lived in L.A., everybody in Utah would hate his guts. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I, think, and I could be way off, but I um, think Post Malone has done a great job branding himself as a per, as who he is. Yeah, and yeah, it's he's just a like, cool guy. Um, I don't know if you remember, Primus was based in Utah for a hot minute. Were they? They I didn't, were. Les Claypool was. Les Claypool was selling Sia cheese out of a van that was vinyl wrapped Sia cheese. What? I've never heard this. And this is the only reason I can tell you this is because I was at Liberty Park in my sophomore year of high school and I found the Sia Cheese van and I went up and listeners, listen, this could have been some guy in a top hat <laughs> but pretending to be Les Claypool, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm pretty sure this was Les Claypool handing out the Sea of Cheese, and that's the only reason I own the Sea of Cheese album. No kidding. It was it was amazing because he did not look like who I envisioned, right? Video kills the radio star. he was handing star. it out. No. I mean, handing it out for money, right. by the way. Here's f- give me five bucks. You can have this, this music. It was $10 flat. Okay. Handed him a $10 bill. I got the Sea of Cheese. I took it home. And, like, I, I think I heard Jerry was a race car driver, like, on X96 yeah. or something. And I was... X96, by the way, is a local rock station that has now morphed into a local blech station. Yeah. But um, I listened to that album, and I was like, holy crap, this is music. Yeah. And it is not music. Uh, well, I, <laughs> if I, I... If you put that on, that's what you think old people hearing your music think your music maybe, sounds but like. I thought that album was pretty good. It's amazing. I think that, that if, if I had to pick... One album by them, it would be Sea of Cheese. It yeah. really would. Well, I, I feel really dumb even saying this. I just bought a, an album by them on vinyl because I had to have it, and I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> Has Here They Come, Here Comes the Bastards? Yeah. And I can't think of the name of it. I was so excited to relive a little bit of my teen years. Yeah. And that's another thing about vinyl and music is just being able to sit down and relive a little bit of the glory days. It goes days. back to what I said 10 minutes ago. I you know. always go back to yep. what it is that you love. And you you sadly compare what you really love to what comes out today in some yeah. shape or form. That My opinion, of course. But I think that's what everybody does. You're like, yeah, they're pretty good, but... Will I have that album 20 years from now and still go, this is a great album compared to, you know, Fleetwood Mac's The Chain or whatever it is you listen to, whatever. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm with you, you know. What's funny is our 10, so my senior year of high school, we had to write down like a note to yourself 10 years from now. Yeah. Oh, hey, 10 year person, don't forget that you were a special Catholic person at a Catholic school or something. <laughs> and I specifically remember sitting down and writing out all the bands that I liked at that time and being like, at the very end, I signed it and I was just like, hey, future self. Listen to Limp Biscuit. <laughs> no, it definitely was not Limp Biscuit. <laughs> but like, hey, future self, see if any of this stuff's still good. Right. And I look, I, I never went to my 10 year reunion, so I never got that letter. But I assume. It was just all the bands I still sort of like. Still love. There are still bands that exist today. Like, Queens of Stone Age is a prime example. I don't think they've gotten better. I think they've gotten different. Yeah. 
Like the stuff that they come out with today is totally different than the stuff they came out with 10 As years ago. As it should be. Same with Desert Sessions, you know, just kind of an offshoot of that. You don't want like, the same album over and over and over and over and over. Except for Rage Against the Machine. I want Rage Against the Machine <laughs> over and over and over. I want angsty 16-year-old Drew to be But you love walls. it. You yeah. love that oh, album. Yeah. I mean, for it's sure. it's just one of those things. It's uh, it's it's kind of crazy. What was your angsty 16-year-old Frank. Oh, man, it's it's Metallica. Master really? of Puppets wow. is probably one of my... It's either number one or number two on my list of favorite albums, I think. Um, yeah, Master of Puppets, that whole album, top to bottom, when I first got it, I'll never forget it. I sat down, it was a cassette, mm-hmm. and I folded it all out. It's <laughs> this long, you know, four inches wide by 13, 14 inches long all the lyrics are there that I could never understand the first time I heard them. And I was like, I know all the words because yep. I, I, I knew them in my head, but I didn't know exactly what he was saying. But once I read what they were, those have stuck with me since then. So it's like, I can sing all those songs in my head word for word and go, yeah, this is cool. This song's about cocaine. You what know, was the master of puppets? What was the, um, they had a specific song based on a book oh johnny got his gun i think that was the book uh the video for the unforgiven was johnny got his gun yep right they bought the rights so they could use it in there okay so they had a 15 minute video because i i have never been a huge metallica fan yeah but in college i read johnny got his gun yep and then was told by my professor by the way there is a music video of Johnny Got It, which if you've never read that book, it's insane. And it's actually, a, I just lied. It's the song One, and that's from Injustice for All. Okay. And it's, it's about a guy who, you know, paraplegic, gets his, loses his arms and his legs, yeah. and all he can do is nod his head in SOS. And he's so, yes. So, yeah. uh,. Johnny Got His Gun was for that video. My apologies to everybody who just went, you dumbass, you said you were a Metallica <laughs> fan. But, yeah. Um, and that's a pretty weird, creepy kind of a story. But, yeah, they bought the rights so that they could use it. So Metallica owns... What happened to those weird, creepy videos, by the way? I, I, I think YouTube. Uh, I mean... I it, mean, like, you you think about, like, that, all of the Primus stuff that came out. Winona had a big brown beaver? <laughs> All of the tool stuff that came out. Yeah. Like that, their music Sober, videos were just... That video is disturbing. It was but, so weird. But back then it was, you know, you had somebody on MTV or VH1 or whatever that said, hey, on Friday at 12, we're going to release <laughs> yeah. this video. Um, and today it's just like, eh, it's, it's, you can go look at it right yeah. now. You just go jump on YouTube and take a look. I think that, that um, I think YouTube, I think it's great. I probably watch more youtube than i do regular tv just because whatever you like if it's hot wheels if it's you know i'm a hockey player so if it's watching hockey guys you know smash somebody through the glass or whatever i can find a video that's 15 minutes long of 40 different guys doing that that's the cool part about youtube is that you know when when i think of rabbit holes i think of the youtube rabbit holes that i go down listening to music no. You know, finding these guys who have four views, and it's like, why don't they have a million? This is fucking great. <laughs> you know, and then the next day I'll wake up and listen to it again and go, yeah, maybe it's not that good. But <laughs> that's yeah. music, man. Yeah, that's the thing. I think that's what killed 
really produced because you know back then videos were like mini movies. I don't know if you watch some. There stuff, are there are some crazy. good ones like, out there. Have you watched any of uh, Alt J? No. Alt J's music videos are phenomenal, especially. Um, Anyway, Hunger of the Pines. If you watch Hunger of the Pines, that music video is ridiculous. Anything Wood Kid does, by the way, look up Wood Kid. Good stuff. Oh, so I think he's actually a French cinematographer that got into music. Yeah. And his stuff is just like, his whole album is just talk. It's a whole story, and his music videos match that story. Uh, the Glass Animals, same thing, like phenomenal storytelling in their music videos phenomenal yeah everything so yeah with i think some stuff still exists out there it's just not we don't have mtv anymore it's crazy yeah i'll give you an example my wife and i for our honeymoon this is 2014 went to new zealand that was our honeymoon experience yeah we spent an entire day sitting in the hotel room <laughs> watching music videos because their MTV is still MTV. No kidding. Like, it's all music You're videos. just blown away. Yeah. We had a whole day planned, and we were like, <laughs> well, let's just... I think I, she was getting ready, and I just put on MTV, and something was... was oh, it was... Um, uh, what was it? Lord came out with yeah. some album. I was like, eh, whatever. Just watch the Lord album. But it was awesome. Yeah. And then Queens of Stone Age... Uh, vampire time and space that music video i was just yeah. like oh this is a real music video i can't believe this it, ellie came out and sat down and we watched music videos all freaking day that's because we missed cool and sad at the same time <laughs> yeah, for sure but we missed i mean like that doesn't exist anymore no, here it i remember being 14 or 15 and watching like the bloodhound gangs music yeah. videos and just being you and me my ass, baby like, yeah Ain't nothing but mammals. Yep. Yeah, I remember those. <laughs> Dude, that whole... I wish that there was still something out there besides YouTube. I wish... Maybe there was a... I would subscribe to an app and download it and watch it if there's just a music video-specific app. Yeah, there, there might be, but who knows? I mean, I know with, with my band, we paid one person to produce a video for us. Um, and we went out to Wendover Air Base, uh, where the Enola Gay was at, and the and we got to use the hangar there. And we had a song called "Only in America," which was our, if you want to call it a hit, it was our it was our biggest song. Um, and we just all it was was you know we set up some props, we set up some you know uh, foot lockers and some empty bombs and stuff, and we played live. Um, and then it was filmed. So it was like, woo, cool video, but it was in a cool setting. And then after that one, it was done pretty well. Um, but after that, we would just take footage of us playing to put out a video to put on YouTube. And it was just, you know, the real song was dubbed over live stuff that we had done. So it worked out all right. But yeah, That's we never, pretty cool, though. we never really did like a full like script type stuff. We would just, at least so, he did a music, video. but we wanted something on YouTube that people go, oh, maybe I'll go check these guys out, or maybe yeah. I'll go to iTunes or Spotify and, you know, check them out a little bit more. And that was really the whole reason for it. I, I wish we would have had a budget to, to build, like, a story. Because all my songs are stories. Just yeah. like if you wrote songs or maybe you do write songs, it's a story. It's You're grabbing onto some memory that you have and go, okay, this was a cool story. Let's put it together. Or you're watching the 
what's going on in the world and you put together a song about it so so we did so it's 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 phenomenal to talk to you about uh i guess writing songs and thinking about songs and stuff because that really does kind of resonate with everybody you know and i think and i hate to say this obviously if you play the guitar you're gonna glob onto a guitarist obviously if you play the bass you're gonna glob onto a bassist and drummer same thing but the everyday person is always going to lean on a lead singer. And what they're saying. And yeah. what they're saying, what they're singing about, because you have to make up lyrics that are basically yeah. like, this is what I'm seeing, this is what I'm hearing, this is what I'm doing. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah, I always wanted to get the feeling out there, but at the same time, I wanted it to be entertaining. So right. all of our songs are very hooky. Um, they have big choruses, you know, just because that's what... You know, most of your, you know, Back in Black, uh, most people probably don't know the lyrics to Back in Black, but they remember listening to Brian Johnson go, Back in Black! You right. know, I mean, that's it's a hook, and yeah. it gets people to listen. Same with, I don't know, Getting Jiggy With It by Will Smith, you know? <laughs> Will Smith. <laughs> you listened, because you're like, whoa, is he saying Getting Jiggy With It? You know, That's what I want to do. No, 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 no. But it's hooky. It, get, it gets you in there. All the big songs have big hooks to them and things that just grab onto you and you're like god i gotta listen to it yeah so that's phenomenal i think that uh you know obviously i gravitate toward lead singers right and i gravitate toward listening to lyrics and i'm one of those nerds that'll actually peel apart an album and look at what's being said on the album and what's being discussed and what the lyrics are and all of that yeah because that's what I, I like. I, I, I can't play a musical instrument to save my life. But you have a nice guitar sitting over there in the corner. That's my wife's. Oh, okay. My wife's. So between music, Hot Wheels, hockey. and hockey, <laughs> and being a musician, what would you say is your top hobby these days? Uh, right now, today, it's collecting Hot Wheels. Okay. I mean, that's that's what I'm doing right now. What would you say to the listeners to do as their hobby? I mean, like... Hobby specific Hot Wheels, would you say like go out and collect yeah. as many as you can? Yeah, if we're talking Hot Wheels, if if you want to get into it, I mean it's cheap. You just gotta make sure you get to the stores early or late. In the in you know most places close at ten o'clock, so you want to get there right before there. That's when they're putting stuff out. Or if you get there in the morning, that's when stuff's already gonna be out. But just keep in mind somebody's probably already been through it the night before. So. Um, if you're going to do that, great. But. So are there actual people, I mean, like you're one of these people that make sure that they get to like a Harmon's or a Smith's or something ahead of time to them hanging the Hot Wheels on the, yeah, on the display? I, I will go at specific times. I'm not a hardcore guy. I don't go out every day like some of the hardcore guys go up, maybe go once, maybe twice a week, but I will go at certain times. You know, you, I never go at one o'clock in the afternoon it's always super early or late um and and it that's why because i want to get the stuff that they just put out because it's it's gone there's a lot of guys out there if there's one car they're looking for and there's 15 on the pegs they'll take them all um so you got to get there early because you know be prepared to be disappointed i would have never thought that and and i'm just an ignorant shopper here you know i'm i'm pushing my cart through the aisles and my son says oh look at that and like for instance, Henry grabs the donut car. Yeah. And I'm grabbing the 
Ford Cosworth yeah. Focus Escort whatever. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, ooh, look at that. That's yeah. cool. But if you would have got there sooner, there probably would have been, you know, some Lambos or Porsches <sighs> or I didn't know, know the, that. The Hot Wheels puts out uh a new case every two months. So they start A and they go through, I think they end in, with Q for some weird reason. So there's always new stuff in each one. The, you know, the newest one has a Dodge Charger in it you should be looking for. What so, year? I think it's 69. Oh, all so, right. One year over my year, but yeah. that's fine. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's cool. And, and whatever you do, just enjoy it. You know, don't, don't get stuck in a rut doing things that you're doing them out of habit. You know, have find fun stuff to do. If it means you go out and you know, hike some trail that you wanted to hike, or if you, you know, want to rebuild a mini bike, like, like (laughs) Drew's done, you know, go do it. Just get doing it. I think that's, again, I've mentioned this on shows. Every single guest we have mentions do it for fun. Yeah. I think that's what makes it kind of a hobby. That's exactly what it is. If it makes you happy, then do it. Would you say that music is still fun for you, like going and performing music? I, I haven't performed in a while, but yeah, absolutely. That's that's the that's the part that you love, getting to that point where you can play wherever you want in the valley um, is hard to do. And, you know, you have to have people that follow you and come to all of your shows. And that's the fun part is looking out and seeing people singing your own songs. I mean, yeah. that's, there's there's nothing that beats that at all. So, or getting an encore as a Ooh. local band. I mean, that, it, 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 it happened, but it was, it was, you know, when it happens, it's pretty cool. Like, That's fun. Cause when you hit your last song, you don't expect to have an encore. So you got to come out with something that you're going to try and top the last song with. So that was always tough because we always played our last song and it was, you know, full concert ending and, you know, didn't really have anything in the in the on the back burner if they wanted us back out. We always figured out something. That's awesome. So yeah, well, cool, cool stuff. Well, thanks for being on the show today, man. This is so much fun. It's it's just like talking to you at work. You we know? didn't even get a chance <laughs> to talk about your radio show. Yep. But why don't you give a plug for your radio yeah, show? Yeah. So the radio show is called the Utah Goonies. Um, we're hopefully moving to a more podcast uh uh format soon because i think that's a little bit easier for people um and yeah we're, we're very similar we talk to you know we'll bring on uh hockey players or you know we've had some nhl people on our show um but then we'll have you know like a bigfoot researcher come mm. on and that's always kind of fun we had a, a guy who was a big uh, ufo person and talks about stuff in the you know, of the third kind or the fourth kind or whatever that is. And it's, you know, we're, it's it's a variety show, really. So how know? does somebody find your show currently? Right now, you'd have to go to the TTT Radio Network. We uh, broadcast every Monday night. Or go to the Utah Goonies uh, Facebook page and, uh, you know, give it a like. And we, we post our shows from there. So All right. Yeah. Well, listeners, Utah Goonies, look them up on Facebook. Give them a like. And uh, also give us a like. Yeah. The One OZ Poor Podcast. Uh, that's it. Yep. One OZ Poor Podcast. And it's but awesome. But thank you so much for having me. Thank you for on coming show. on, we'll Frank. We'll have you on the Goonies show. I look forward you know, to it. We'll, we'll cross promote, do that's all right. that, that right. back end stuff. But uh, like always, make sure to drink it one ounce at a time. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you.